Told my teacher, dumb bitch, I'm gonna get millions. Watch this. In the project living, Damn. spoke it till existence. Voila. More change than 50, got more cars than Diddy. Oh I only weigh 180, but my watch cost 250. What's up, guys? It's Andy Priscilla, and this is the show for the realest take about the lies, the fitness, and delusions of modern society. And welcome to motherfucking reality. Guys, today, as always, we have an awesome show. Uh, full length show today, minus DJ and Vaughn. But we do have a very special guest, which we'll intro in just a second. Uh, before we get started, I wanted to say uh, thank you guys so much for all the shares. Uh, thank you for getting the word out about the show. We've been doing very well, um, especially through the pandemic and all this shit that we've been dealing with. Um, and I know half of you are here to listen to How to Fucking Dominate. And then half of you are here to listen to... Um, what's going on in the world. So half of you are probably going to be disappointed. Let's just say that. All right. Uh, we have, I don't, I can't think of a name for you right now. What, what, what do we call you? The champ? No, not the champ. Oh, me? That would be a lie. Oh. You can't fucking lie to people. Well, I mean, bro. I'm definitely the best looking guy in the studio. I don't, so I could be most handsome. I don't know. That You know what? I'll let you have that. And I, I, could, I could talk better than you. I, listen, I compliment your voice. <laughs> I, I, I asked, I asked Joe. I said, Joe, I need like a bass amplifier, bro. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna bring the heat, I need a little bass, bro. You gotta bring it from here. I don't have here. it from there. Isn't that right, Joe? Down here, I bring it from lower. Oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> That's why you don't have any bass. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us about the show today, Sal. I don't think I don't know that half of us will be disappointed. I think the uh, the people who want to know the the ins and the outs of the political scheme will likely have a lot to learn today. That I believe, yeah, you know what? In mindset. I was kind of just talking shit. No. We I never know. disappoint anybody. I think this is a great opportunity. This is our, this is our first athlete that we've had on the show. Yeah. He's and our first outside guest from the standpoint of, of uh, a first form athlete. Yeah. Somebody who I have followed for a long time. Somebody who I think is a, uh, a great advocate, not only of our brand, but I think of society in general. Uh, she is the four-time reigning CrossFit Games champ. She is an Olympic gold medalist, or excuse me, a gold medalist, but a 2016 Olympian. Um, she's not from the U.S. She's from the beautiful... From down under. She's from the beautiful country of Australia. And I am proud to announce that we have Tia Claire in studio. So Tia, Hi, welcome. Thank you. Guys. Tia Claire I'm not even going to be able to walk out the store. My head's like huge. <laughs> Well, it could be. I mean, listen, I, I think you <laughs> earned think that right. I argue with it. No. Yeah. I think, um, no, and Tia, I, it's very special that you're here today uh, from, for a multitude of reasons. One, you know, it's a, I think back to following you in your early journey of, of watching you on TV and to have you in studio, it's really a cool, surreal moment. And to call you a friend is, a, is another surreal moment in that regard. But, um, you know, today, I think I'd really or we would really like to unpack kind of a little bit of your story, um, because, you know, for those who, you know, who are in the business aspect of our podcast here, I think the framework that we've learned, whether it's through sport or through business, the framework of winning and being successful and being a high operator all come with the same core values. And it's cool to watch or listen to different people's stories and unpack them and kind of say like, hey, how are you raised? Where are you from? What do you do? What do you believe in? And hopefully today we can kind of unpack one of those or a few of those. But to get started, is it, is it? can you give us a little introduction about yourself, where you're from? Well, where do I start? 
Um, but basically, yeah, I'm I'm from Australia. I grew up on the coast on a sugarcane farm. And um, basically, mum and dad raised me to make sure that I worked hard and nothing was given to me. I had to earn it. I, th- I think you, you tell a story about growing up on a farm and your dad. What, what was the impact that your dad had on your work ethic, specifically like your ability to compete or your mindset in competing? Like what was, what was his influence on your life and how does it play out now? When I look back at my upbringing, I guess, um, and this is only something that I've probably come to realize in the recent years through my competition stage, um, but dad wasn't so much worried about the result more about the process and also, you know, what it took to actually get there. And for him, you know, he's him and mum, you know, they, they both equally um, played a, played a role there, but they were very adamant that there was never any handouts. And if there was something that you wanted to go out and, and get, you had to be the one that, that went and did it. And, you know, you may get support here and there, but you'll get more people trying to bring you down you know, tell you you can't do it and you just have to be strong and and strong-minded particularly and just, you know, tell them to all go fuck themselves and just get after it. <laughs> that's Dude, that's right. a major... Pr- <laughs> Listen, man, that's a major issue in society right now. Uh, people are uncomfortable telling people to fuck off. Yeah. Like, dude, if half of your motherfuckers just told people to fuck off, you'd be a lot happier. <laughs> I'm just being real. Well, I mean, and that's, I think that's where a lot of people's dreams die. Yeah. You yeah. know, they die inside somebody else's comment to you that you, you become Somebody afraid. that you don't even know probably. That's right. Like some fucking dude on the fucking internet that you, that won't even put their name or their face or their this or their that. And they say, oh, uh, you're an idiot for trying to do that. You'll never do that. And people quit. I'm just like, why? What? Dude, dude have we thought about what this is going on? You don't, that, you don't even know that's a real person. Like, and you, I get the, the truth is, is if you get talked out of your shit that easily, you, you don't got it anyway. That's the truth. Well, and I, I, your husband, Shane, we were talking about this yesterday a little bit. You know, we're, if, if they're not in front of me and in, in regards to life, like if I wouldn't take yeah. finance, I don't take financial advice from somebody behind me, right? I don't take a life advice from somebody behind me. And it's, it's, it's sad to think that we live in a world that we're so subjective to all of this negativity from people from, it could be a kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could take that comment from a 14 year old kid who has, he doesn't have a fucking clue. Yeah. The next day, the, these dudes are sitting there with their heads in their hands, like, look, I don't know if I got it. Dude, that kid's dunking Oreos in his fucking milk in his mom's basement. And you're, you're worried. Like, I don't know, man. It, it's the interesting because I know for one thing, you know, so many people will always, well, in my journey, I, I definitely experienced a lot of people saying that. I didn't have what it takes, you know. Um, I I was from the bush. I didn't have the incredible facilities, you know. I had to run around barefoot sometimes because I didn't have the shoes, you know. And having that doubt and those people, you know, giving credit to everyone else, uh, mum and dad helped me understand, like, that's the motivation you got to use to go and show them just how wrong they are. And you know, some people may look at that and be like, oh, that's a wrong motivation. But I tell you what, it's so motivating. There's nothing more satisfying to, than to prove others wrong. Dude, I agree. And and I will, I've interviewed some of the top performers in different areas because uh, I'm super interested in the process as well. The thing you mentioned there about uh, your dad, like being concerned about the process, 
that's to me, that's the most interesting thing when I talk to high achievers. I listen, you can argue all you want. I've interviewed enough highly successful people to can tell you for sure, no matter what they say online, because like a lot of these dudes are say, oh, just what you just said. They'll say, oh, that's the wrong reason. But you get them alone and you start talking, you get a couple drinks in them and you ask them, you get them what really motivates them. Yeah. It's always that. It's always that. It's always that. And like people, people feel like it's like a shameful thing to admit. Yeah. Like, oh, dude, you know, you shouldn't care about what Susie said and fucking said. Motherfucker. Fuck Susie. You know, that's how I feel, dude. Like, I, I'm still trying to, like, shove it down everybody's fucking throat. Oh, absolutely. You know? I love it. <laughs> I don't know what, this is my, this is my attraction, the first time to Tia, in a sense. And and I'm not an avid CrossFitter, and I'm not, you know, my, you know, <laughs> like, I understand enough about the yeah, sport yeah. where I was watching it one time, and uh, I think you were doing a clean. And I've shared it, like, 10 times on my social feed oh, over, yeah. over the last, you know, probably four or five years. And it's, it's you after you hit a clean successfully and it was your fuck yeah fist pump that you can see that emotion that's dug down inside of somebody when that celebration hits the fuck you factor that comes yeah, outside of that. Yeah. Like that to me is like one of the most attractive badass qualities in somebody because it's all the years of work yeah. and sweat and dedication to the process that comes out in one single emotion and it's after a lift like that. So literally this is before I knew you. Right. <laughs> and you know, fanboying a little bit here in a sense, but it's like before I knew you. Is this going to get to where like you, you like how you fanboyed Alex Rodriguez at one time? <laughs> no, 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 no. We aren't, we're not going to go to that level. No. Let me finish. This is a great story too. This fucking off his fucking chair in his office for two weeks that A-Rod said. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, it was A-Rod. I mean, I had a, I had a, I had a couch in my office and it was a two seat, two banger, a two seater. And we were, it was after summer smash. Was, did you I know, sit in that when you? Yeah, like, you when sat I in that chair here? as well. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'm. It's a special there. chair. <laughs> but see, so Sal grew up playing baseball, right? Yeah. So A Rod is like, dude. I mean, the he's bees the knees. Yeah. <laughs> dude, so A Rod came in, and he's a fucking normal dude. Like he's just like everybody else. Makes a drink, sits it in the chair. Fucking Sal left his half fucking drink, drink in his fucking chair cup holder for two weeks. Two weeks. We red, we red roped it off. But here's the best part. So I'm, you know, like I, we just put on Summer Smash and I don't know, was that Nelly's year or whatever? Yeah. yeah. No, and I think it was the year before that. Anyway, yeah. I'm sitting outside and, and my wife comes up to me and I'm, I'm drinking and it's like everybody's gone. And, you know, you put that event on some very high stress because a lot of fucking moving pieces. You got a couple thousand people. Oh, bro. Everything's moving. And I'm. And I'm just literally behind the bar. I have this big ass hat on. Nobody knows. Like everybody's leaving and I'm just sitting there and I'm getting drunk by myself. And Raquel <laughs> comes up and she goes, uh, Andrew told me to come get you. A-Rod's in your office. And I I remember looking at her. Like, You're trying to figure out who the fuck A-Rod yeah, is. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> fuck do you mean A-Rod? Like, oh, who fucking A-Rod. Yeah, like <laughs> who calls himself A-Rod, you know, like in my brain. And sure as shit, I walk in and there's this motherfucker sitting in my office. I'm like, holy shit, A-Rod's in my office. <laughs> Dude. And, I, and I was, you know, half cocked at the yeah, time. And here yeah, he is yeah, drinking, yeah. you know. And he gets on the fucking phone. He's FaceTiming J-Lo and he's yeah. showing her, oh, she's getting her hair blown out. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> So, but my point being is, so the point is, he's probably never going to, he's going to rope off that chair now. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah well, I'm going to yeah, have yeah. you sign it. We'll, we'll put him in my I office. I appreciate it. I yeah, appreciate yeah. it. No, but I remember that because I have such appreciation for the competitive side of life, you know, and that re, that response, that emotional response, you can't fake that. That's not like a post or, you know, that's a, that's an actual emotion that's packed up years and years of work, sacrifice, dedication, and that fuck you feeling you get 
that you can actually just serve that shit sandwich right back to somebody, even though, you know, you, you know, that's a tactful way to distribute it from a competitor to another competitor. Like to see that emotion is awesome. Like to me, that's fucking awesome. I agree. Yeah. I definitely have like you, as you're competing, you go through so many emotions and I love tapping into my anger because, you know, it is like a big middle finger to everyone that is like, you know, uh, ever questioned my ability, has ever doubted me, has ever told me, you know, I wasn't good enough. Whoever tried to spin stories of who they thought I was without actually getting to know me. And it was just, you know, every single time I take that competition floor, it it is, it, there's a combination of my whys out there, you know, for my family, for my friends, for myself, for my sponsors. But there's also that underlining, like for those fuckers out there that said I couldn't do it. <laughs> Dude, and by underlining, you mean 51%? Yeah, yeah man. Dude. And they all know who they are. Yeah. yeah. I'm Dude. talking to you right now. Yeah. 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 Dude, yeah, I get yeah. it. I love that shit, man. Like, there's nothing better than, than, than stepping on somebody's fucking throat with a smile on your face. Oh, yeah. It's the best. And, and dude, I'll, pe- people will say, oh, well, oh, 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 you know, that's not right. Dude, look, man, competing at a high level is really fucking hard. That means you have to contribute and develop places of motivation that the regular human probably never has to deal with. It's also a way to um, expunge the anger. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, you know, like it, it's no, there's no point on holding this anger and, and being a, a horrible person to, to good people, mm-hmm. you know? And like, what, you, you're going to tell me that like everyone in the world, the people out in the world that they don't hate someone? Yeah. Everyone has yeah. has something over someone else that they're just like, oh, yeah. like, yeah. how could you do that? Yeah. You know? And dude, I, think someone. Pe- I get people all the time who are like, they're saying, well, nobody believes in me. No, everybody says I'm stupid. Nobody says I'm like, dude, good motherfucker. Remember all that shit, write it the fuck down and get to work. Like you don't realize how big of a blessing that is. And because people now like to be the moral police and tell you how the fuck you should be motivated or not, you know, some people, they feel like they're doing something wrong by tapping into that. When in reality, dude, I almost feel like if you're, if you're not able to tap into that, shit's going to eat you up, you know, because dude, it does hurt. Right. Like when you say the, the stories people make up without ever have, dude, I can relate to that. Like I have so many people that have preconceived fucking bullshit stories about who they think I am because I do, I curse or I say something or I'm aggressive on the podcast or this or that. And they build this whole story and I hear, and then I see it and I'm like, that, that isn't, nothing like me, but fuck you for thinking it, you know? (laughs) Let me take that note. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'll put that in my bank. That's cool. See, I think there's an important aspect here because, um, you know, going back in some of your child, you didn't start CrossFitting until you were 20. Well, yeah, I think I was like, yeah, 20, 19, 20, I was getting into it. And then like, I didn't do CrossFit because I wanted to be an, an athlete. Like I actually wanted to do it just to help my fitness for my track. And I knew that like a part of me knew that, okay, my, my track days were over. However, I needed something that was going to stimulate me compared to what I was doing, which was going to study at like, and going to college essentially. Um, and I wasn't feeling that fulfillment. So I was actually down in the dumps and I wasn't the person that I wanted to be. I wasn't the person my parents brought me up to be. I wasn't the person that 
you know, Shane deserved and realizing that I knew that there was something missing. So like I needed to like do something to change. Right. And so when Shane actually introduced CrossFit into my life, I was like, okay, well, I'll use this platform to help me advance into this platform. And then before I knew it, that just went a complete 180 and I just like fell in love with it because there's just an addiction that comes with it because there's just so many challenges. Every single day it's something different. You know, one day you're learning how to snatch, the next day you're learning how to do muscle-ups. You're like, what on earth, like, how, how, where did I, like, how did I even get here? Like, I, I never thought that I wanted to, you know, learn a muscle up or whatever. So there were tiny little challenges that, you know, satisfied you each day. Not only were you improving your health, but you're also constantly evolving as an individual as well. And you're facing adversity and, and you know, battling those challenges. I got news for you, though. It takes, for most people, it takes longer than a day to learn the muscle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just <laughs> I am very freaking determined yeah. when I want to be. <laughs> Again, You're, comes back to those people telling me I couldn't do it. And I was like, well, I'm just going to show you because you have no idea who I am. The uh, So you're going to your first CrossFit competition. Mm, yeah. It's in Australia? It's in in Australia. I didn't want to come last. And, and this brings me to, I didn't know it at the time. And um, I, I don't think it was not like I don't, I definitely don't blame my parents for, you know, not um, educating me on this because I think, I just did, I was just too young. I just didn't know. But um, when I competed back in the day, I I competed because I loved the journey and I, I just loved being a part of something. And it wasn't until I felt true failure that I actually wanted to win. And, um, and that came, you know, after two or three years of experiencing. But that first competition that I ever went in, I, I won it. And so... Um, you know, one thing led to another. Before I knew it, I was at the CrossFit Games and the CrossFit Games is like the pinnacle of all the CrossFit athletes' goals. And I came second and I was like, oh, shit, like that's not meant to happen. Like how did that even happen? Maybe maybe the uh, the other competitors got heat stroke and that's why I came second. So like coming second again the following year, it was like a huge kick in the guts. And that's when I realized like, oh, no, 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 like I'm not here just to participate. Like I don't just go to the gym every single day to, you know, put in my absolute best to just come second or essentially the first loser. And so from that day on, I realized like I'm actually doing it for a purpose and my purpose is, yeah, to do my absolute best, but I know my best is to win and be the best on the planet. And so ever since then, I've won everything. Do you think that you getting second that first time is what, it was almost like a validation thing where it made you believe in yourself. Like, wait a minute. Cause like you said, well, maybe I only got second cause these dudes got heat stroke. Yeah. Like, and then you're like, wait a minute, I'm far better at this than what I really think I am. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I definitely think that, um, you know, coming second. So like you first go to the CrossFit games and, you know, media and the hype, they put on like they're, they're not human, you know, they're these superhumans that can do so much. And so I'm standing on the line with them. You know, they're very much bigger than me, taller than me, wider than I am. And I'm like, oh, shit, like it didn't take me long to get here. <laughs> I don't know if I'm meant to be here. <laughs> yeah. And so just like getting to there was like a huge win, yeah. you know. And then coming second was like, whoa, like Shane, look what we just did. Yeah. And 
it actually reiterated to me uh, that you can't put limitations on yourself, you know? Like, yes, you want to, like, um, set your goals and, and you want to have things to strive for, but you also want to be very open-minded because things change on a daily basis. And because of that, like, you know, what happens one day where something happens and it completely skyrockets you further than what you even expected? But if you're closed-minded and not willing to take that jump or that leap, then, well, you're only going to stay back there and right where you you're know, at. be just stay consistent and, and complacent. So, yeah, like it definitely gave me that confidence. Went back in the gym the next day and like started training. What year is that? Now you're training to win, though. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, so this is this is where it was interesting. I I I did want to win, but I I think I said I wanted to win but didn't truly understand the true meaning of winning. Um, this is where it gets so, so 2015, I came second and surprised myself, right? So then 2016, obviously I wanted to, to do better, which was win, but there was something deep down that was holding me back or I just didn't fully realize. And I'm honestly ashamed to admit it because, you know, why why did I feel like that in you know 2016? Why didn't I have the confidence in my own abilities? And why why didn't I just absolutely go out after it? It was like I was holding myself back. Dude, I I, I can relate to that a million percent, even in business. Like it took me a long time. I would say even in the last two years is probably when it happened for me, where I'm like, wait, we're here, but I've totally undersold myself. We should be fucking there. Right. And I I can relate to that a million percent. Yeah. And then once you figure it, once that kicks in, you're like, wait a minute, I've been, I've been fucking half-assing. Like I remember the, so it was Sunday morning in 2016. It was my second year at the CrossFit Games. I was, I don't know where I was placed, but Shane was driving me to the venue and Shane's like, you can win this. And I was like, yep, yeah, I know. And in my head, I was like, but he know does he know that it's it's just not that easy like winning the world championships at, at you know on a world stage is that's that's on another level and it was like i was literally holding myself back with ropes and like i it fires me up so much because it's like i just gave it away and like i had it there i could have won but i didn't and it it wasn't until I literally came second and I felt that disappointment, that sheer embarrassment in front of a, a stadium full of people. The people, my love, like Shane, my family, my friends, I let them all down. Like I didn't fight hard enough for them. If I couldn't fight for me, why didn't I fight for them? And all these emotions were going through my mind and it was that moment that I was like, fuck this, fuck everyone else, and I'm just fucking going for it. And as much as it f infuriates me that I went through that and I, I took, you know, the people that I care about the most through that shit, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today if that never happened. No doubt. No doubt. Like, it just fires me up. You, you have, have to have that. that. <laughs> Dude, you have to have that. You have to get your face smashed in yeah, uh, figuratively or literally for you to realize yeah. what you're leaving on the table. Absolutely. And, and you know, you guys out there listening, when you hear her speak, you know, and what she's talking about, you know, this is the best in the world that you're hearing from. This getting smashed in the fucking mouth 
is a good thing. And it's part of the process for everyone. It's it a really great is. thing. Like, dude, it's just when you let it, you know, become something that it isn't. Because really all it is, dude, is it's a check. It says, okay, dude, you didn't work hard enough. You didn't do this. You left this. Because I'm, I, and most people can't, <sighs> there's a stigma around losing that I think is counterproductive to people's development. You know, they think, most people believe that when they lose, it's, it's, it's over. I lost or I failed or I, I, my business failed or my this or that. And they never get back the back up so that they can learn, put the lesson that they used back into practice. So if you learn a lesson and then you don't get back on the train and learn how to not repeat that same mistake, you, you, you expanded your potential by learning the lesson but then you never capitalized on it because you 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 were too afraid or too embarrassed or too uh you know a million different things. I would say usually it's your ego though, because you look at I mean that that loss should be one of those fuck you chips. No different than somebody else giving you a fuck you chip. You kind of give yourself a fuck you chip. Yeah. And, and I think you bring a great point, you know, because a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show, like you're kind of in the game by yourself. Yeah. So oh, yeah. And you know, you think about like CrossFit, it's a, it's a solo sport, but not really, right. right? Because you drag, and just like an entrepreneur, you know, you're dragging your family through this. Mm-hmm. You're dragging your wife or husband or kids. And it, even somebody even deeper than an entrepreneur, somebody who's really loves or passionate about their career, like this is why you, I think, you know, you have to learn that you only get one life and you get this one fucking shot and you got to go after and attack every single day. If you can't do it for you, do it for them. Like, if you can't dig a little deeper for yourself, like, you're going to have to dig deeper for your wife or your husband or your kids. And I think this is actually a great parlay into your story in regards to going to the Commonwealth Games and going to uh, the 2016 Olympics. Because from your first win at your box off or whatever the competition yeah. was at you, to your first CrossFit Games, how long was that? What was the time transfer? transfer uh, like eight months. Eight months. How long from that to your first gold medal? Two years. Two years, but wasn't it something like your first ever Olympic weightlifting event right. or so, meet? So it took like uh, about 15 months for me to make the Olympics um, for, for weightlifting. And, you know, that was, I'd never done weightlifting. I didn't know what a snatch was called. I didn't, I didn't even know what a clean and jerk was called. But I just knew that I remember I was in primary school I told mom and dad one day I'll go to the Olympics and, you know, as you grow up, you have your teachers, your mentors through life, whoever it may be, say, okay, you got to go to college, you got to go and do this and stuff. And I was like, okay, well, maybe it's not a realistic goal to go to the Olympics because only superstars go to the Olympics. Well, then, uh, you know, found CrossFit was completely and utterly terrible at weightlifting. Like I had the strength, but I had didn't have the technique. And, you know, that was something that I would needed work on, right? So I did everything that I needed to. I'd travel six hours every two weeks to go and see a weightlifting coach to improve that. And at this time, I wasn't doing it because, oh, I haven't sh- shot at the Olympics. I was just doing it because I was shit at it. And so... Um, my f- one of my first uh, visits at the um, training hall with this co- um, Olympic coach, he's like pumping my tires and saying, you know, oh, you have 
the strength and I can get you the technique and we could go to the Olympics. I was like, who is this guy? You know, he doesn't know me. Like who, who does he think he is telling me that I can go to the Olympics? Like it's not that easy. Yeah. Before I knew it, we're qualifying for the Olympics like 11 months later. And um, we went to Rio in 2016. That's freaking awesome. Man. Yeah. It, like it, it's, it's an interesting thing because, you know, as much as we talk about how like, yeah, there are some real shit people out there that, help us motivate us and you know get us to our goal essentially but there's also some really good people that are you know come in your journey that you need to hold on to that help and support you and it comes down to that team like I am an individual athlete but I wouldn't be here without my team and yeah dude I think you you are hitting it spot on dude with I just want to interrupt on the on the thing about guys because a lot of these guys listening and girls listening, they're just at the beginning, right? Right. Like, don't, ex- like, when we say negative people, that's like 2% of the people. Like, Absolutely. Yeah, it's not the majority. The majority are good. Yeah. It's just when you're, when you're wired like that, you tend to amplify Absolutely. the 2%. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm, I'm going to find more fire and drive to prove that 2% wrong than I am, you know, that other 98% that support me and and are behind me every step of the way. I don't forget where I come from and I don't forget those people and I know exactly who they are and I'm going to credit them along the journey. Mm -hmm. But I need to make sure that I execute and I work hard and I get to where I am so that I can credit those people and I can, you know, tell everyone else to go fuck themselves. Well, dude, the thing is, is like how much good comes of that too? Because the moral argument on that is like, well you know, really you should be motivated for the people that love you and you should be doing it for (laughs) them. And then look, motherfucker, the things are going to be okay with those people, whether I win or lose. Right. You know, and, and you, well, those other people, they don't matter. I agree. They don't matter, but I still want to shove it down their fucking throat. Yeah. You have to find motivation through something. Right. And so, you know, there's, there's different channels and some days like, you know, I I know different channels. So there's different channels of finding your why. You know, every year, every season, I start with a a different why to the last year. But throughout that year, I'm also going to evolve and change as a person. And so I'm going to adapt as well. And so, and this is something that I learned along the journey. I had to learn the hard way because my why from, from my very first year was very different to my why in my second year. And I was like, oh no, like I've lost it. Like why, why is it different? It should be the same, but it, I've, I've evolved as an individual. I've evolved as a human being and I, I need to adapt and adjust on the fly because if I stay as the 2015 Tia Claire Toomey, I, I wouldn't be in this sport. Right. I would have been second and 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 been happy with that. Like it, it, it frustrates me so much that I was so happy with myself in 2015 because if I wasn't as happy as what I was, like I genuinely felt like I was the true winner in 2015 because I didn't expect that. But had I had like a different approach, had I had the same emotion that I did in 2016, I'd be the five-time world champion. And then in that 2015, fucking bothers you, doesn't it? I, I could see it. I on you, gave dude. it away. Yeah, I know I could why. See it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I know why. I gave it away, and ah, oh, man, dude, I'd I think be that's the a fittest process. human being in history. Yeah, but dude, that's the process. Like the if you hadn't had that, you you 
You wouldn't be sick. If you right, had that, right, you right, wouldn't right. be serious four times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So there's pros and cons to it. I, that yeah. definitely is. That definitely is. Dude, if you talk to any of the great athletes, bro, they all say the same shit. They, they, they will not talk about the shit that they won. Like Michael Jordan's not talking about the shit that he, that the shots he made. It's always the ones they miss. Yeah. And it's always the championship I missed or the this I missed or the that I missed. And dude, that's how you can really know how someone's wired. Like when I met Peyton Manning, I was talking to Peyton and we were talking about his mindset, you know, how the process, like, dude, everybody at that level, like your level is a fucking obsessed with the process. Mm -hmm. And we were talking and he starts telling me about, you know, some of the shit that he did wrong. And I'm like, Bro, I want to hear the fucking glory story, bro. And he, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, but yeah. it's just funny. Like even guys, like it's all the same, man. It, I think it's really sorry, Sal. No, it's, it's just really interesting on that point. You yeah, know, the glory days. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm very proud of my accomplishments and the and and I'm so honored and appreciative of everyone that has helped me get there. But standing on top of that podium, on like you know. In 2018, in my second year, I was like, it's not enough. It there was there's always something more. And it's interesting. And you know, I'd be intrigued to hear about these other people you're talking about, you know, just never having that satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Um, because you always just think, oh, you know, when you get that trophy or when you get that medal, are oh, you just you feel so satisfied? What I've noticed with those guys is they all become entrepreneurs. Every single one of them. They, 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 they channel that drive and that competitiveness into a new yep. platform. Right. Why don't you ever get rid of it? No. It's something, it's an innate quality that you yeah. learn over time. You're born with some of it. You build some of it and then you yeah. earn some of and it. Right. By the way, they're all great entrepreneurs. Yeah. Not but, like, well, but okay. that's, but that's yeah. why this story yeah. is so relevant is understanding right. like, you know, through failure comes success, but only if you're continuing to get back well, in the game. And I, yeah, dude, winning, being a champion is fucking being a champion. It doesn't matter if it's business, fitness, the sports fucking. Yeah. That's like when I plastered that kid on our, on our basketball court. You're going to learn today. <laughs> you mean when that kid almost kicked your ass? Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but it's interesting. I have one nightmare and it's repeating and I don't have it often, but I do have it. And it's me missing a fastball. It's weird, like in my brain, how that 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 miss. I know it's really stupid, but it's like the only thing that it'll wake me up in the middle of the night. I'll miss a fastball, and I can visually see it right now in my head. That's weird. Missing. I know it's it's a, no, but, dude. It's weird because I have a similar dream, except for it's me fumbling the football. <laughs> 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 Which, by the way, I missed a lot of fastballs or fastballs. I, I I fumbled a few footballs. Well, but right. you, you guys say how it doesn't happen all the time, and this is what. When, uh, you know, I'm bringing it back to the different channels. So throughout the year, you may wake up one day and you're feeling a particular way and you'll think of that particular memory. But then the next day or the next week or the next month, you won't have to worry about that. You'll be thinking or you'll find motivation from somewhere else. And that's what I'm talking about. Like you evolve as a person and, and you know, you have to be open minded to those different channels to find that motivation, whether it, it doesn't always have to be because of those negative comments, it doesn't always have to be, you know, from this X, Y, Z. So let me ask you this. So when you're competing or training, because I mean, dude, I've seen you guys train. It's all day. Like it's all day thing. So when you get to that point, let's say when you're competing, because it's far more intense and you're like leaving everything out there. Yep. Do you, do you consciously 
start to select where you're going to drop, like the thoughts you're going to put in your brain to get you to push through or do they, do they just come? Um, so when I'm competing, I'm in a, a state of a flow. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't actually think, Mm -hmm. so I don't ever want to be overthinking my job. I don't ever want to be, um, you know, focusing too much on what I have to do. I want to be relaxed in the sense like fired up, Mm -hmm. but I also, I want to let my, um, subconscious take over because I have worked so hard and this is the thing, confidence. Going into my competition, I have all the confidence in the world because I know Shane has given me the hardest program and I'm the only athlete that has trained this hard. I hands down know I'm the hardest hardest person that's that's done this. And um, so having that confidence in my own ability is it, – it allows me to win before I've even begun. For sure. And so – when I'm trained, like I hate training. Um, you know, I, I love the process. Don't get me wrong. Um, I love the fact that I have to put in the hard work. I have to, you know, on those hard days, I actually have to, you know, be the one that does it. Shane tells me what to do, or, you know, I may, uh, want to manipulate certain things, but at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to put in the hard work and I'm willing to do that because I know that, this is what I want and I want to go out and achieve it. And if I don't achieve it, I'm never going to feel satisfied and I won't ever be able to move forward until I achieve it. And so when I'm going out onto that competition floor, there's nothing that's going to beat me or stand in my way. And if they do, I'm going to run over them. Yeah, dude, it's, it's, it's humility. So, so it's humility and preparation and, and confidence and execution, man. It, people have a hard time understanding that process. I was actually just talking to a friend of mine last night and we were talking about um, basically my goals and my future of what what's going on. And also the fact that they see me out in the fucking snow doing fucking cardio like a crazy person. And they were asking, like, why the fuck do you do that? And I'm like, well, it's real simple. Why not? I, well, I know every <laughs> motherfucker that watches my shit. Every motherfucker that wants to eat my lunch, everybody that wants to take me out in business, not one single motherfucker works like I work. None of them. And for that reason, I'm never scared. Ever. Ever. Because of the preparation. And, you know, I believe that the hot, a lot of people will, will, will say, okay, like, they see us talk, they hear us talking about, you know, stepping on throats and kicking people's asses and shit. And they say, well, that's fu- those people are fucking cocky and blah, blah, blah. No, dude. To be great at something, you have to be humble. You have to be. Because you won't, you won't do the work if you're not. You won't, you'll, you'll think in your head, well, I'm already good enough. I'm already this. I'm already that. When you, when you understand the process is humility in the prep, and then when you're on the floor or you're in the game, it's fucking, dude, I'm going to kill you, Okay. When you understand those are two different things that work together to create the result, it makes sense. But so many people, you know, they see these athletes at like, let's say in the NFL and maybe they go overboard celebrating and then they don't like the person. It's like, bro, you don't understand what that person has had to go through to score that touchdown or win that game or win that MVP. And you're going to judge their reaction. That's loser shit. Because dude, to even be that good, like, dude, you take LeBron James. I'm not a fucking LeBron fan. I'm really not. Um, 
I think he's okay. He's a great fucking player. I just, I'm not, you know, I'm not a fucking fan. And that's, it is what it is. But here's the thing. That motherfucker puts in so much fucking work to be great. That guy's a, he might come across in his interviews as cocky or this or that, but to be that good, you have to be humble. You have to be. And that's where people get lost with the humility thing. They think, you know, being humble is being meek or being quiet or being, you know, a pushover and letting people know it's understanding that you really aren't that good and we have to do the work so we can get better. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to win. That requires humility. It just does by nature. I 100% agree. I, I remember like my first year, you know, and I'm had no experience in front of cameras, nothing like that, you know. And because I was humble, I was mistaken for being unconfident. And I was like, man, I'm pretty confident. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Um, I'm pretty like tough when it comes to this stuff. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. Yeah, dude. Humility can humility could be your best friend or it could fucking bury you. And you have to know when to flip that switch from from, okay, I'm here to learn versus I'm here to fucking execute. That's a that's two complete different things. And you guys listening have to understand that because for you to continue to get better, you have to be humble. Yep. You have to be humble in order to learn new things. You know, and and when it's time to execute, you execute. And if you compartmentalize those two different processes, it'll make sense to you a lot more when you watch other people win and you know that little thing where oh, I don't like that guy cuz he celebrated the wrong way or he he seems cocky or this or that. Just recognize that there's a lot of humility that went up to that moment. A lot. Otherwise, they couldn't have got that good. So you 2020, fourth-time champion, just, just, just decided to embark on this little journey, this new journey. Yeah. We go, well, we go to South Korea. Tell us a little bit about joining the bobsled team, the, the two-person bobsled team for, for your country. Uh, well, so... You know, I had this opportunity. I got an email from one of the um, Australian pilots uh, on the bobsled team. And they asked if I wanted to be a part of the Australian bobsled team leading into the Winter Olympics for 2022 in Beijing. And so I thought, well, why not? You know, like for me, the way I look at things is as as passionate as I am about CrossFit and everything, it's not the be all and end all. And you know, when I first embarked on this journey, I I wanted to go to the Olympics. That's all I really, truly cared about. And because I've done that, um, you know, it, it's only every four years. So what am I going to do within my time, you know, leading into that? So I thought, hey, like I've, I've been to the Summer Olympics. Why not go to the Winter Olympics? And, you know, I, I know in my capabilities that I, I can do that and I can execute and, and be the best brakeman that there is. Uh, I just need to make sure that I learn and, and do the fundamentals now until the trials and I'll be right where I need to be because I have I am implementing the right team around me to make sure I can execute that. And uh, with the years that I've, you know, all the things that I've learned over the years, I'm implementing that into this, you know, short turnaround, if you will, because everyone's going to turn around and be like, oh, yeah, but like, you know, how can you be a part of an Olympic team with, you know, in less than a year, it's like, well, just go to work. The pretty simple. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, dude, I listen, I can tell you this. I'd want you on my team. If I was, if I was building a team, I, we said, Hey, a year from now, we're going to do X. 
Draft would, pick number one. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Because <laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. Like, dude, that's then the thing. everyone will be scared. Yeah, but I mean, like, that's 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 what it's about. It's about doing the work. It's about do, and, and it sounds so cliche. Nobody wants to hear it because they think there's a cut around or a workaround or this or that. You hear the stories of Michael Jordan doing chest passes or, you know, Kobe getting to the gym at 3 a.m. Or, or guys, you know, great baseball players hitting BP, you know, or the first guys they're hitting. Like, guys, that's how it works. Like, it's just how it works. And it's not pretty. No. Like, I, I mean... I've I've had to be careful about, you know, expressing that I, I don't love training because people are like, well, why don't you love it? Because it's hard. Yeah. And it's like if I am like, I mean, the amount of rowing intervals that I have to do on a regular basis. Like yesterday? Huh, like I am, I would be crazy or I would be lying to you if I told you I love that. I love the outcome of it. That's right. And that far surpasses the feeling that I feel during. So that's how I justify it. But I, I can't sit here and tell you guys that I love it. Yeah. I, I do you love the process to. and stuff. But if you love it, you, you're not putting it, you're not doing it hard enough. Dude, Tim Grover talks about this all the yeah. time. Like it's, it is, it's not about loving the process. It's about executing the process. Ali and loving hated training. Yeah, loving the result more than anything. Yep. But I think that's interesting, right? Because you you tie it back to to the lesson your dad taught you. Mm-hmm. You know, which is focus on the process. Right. And no matter what, like you look at focus on the process, and I think this is an interesting transition, specifically with you and your husband. Focus on the process, become a CrossFit athlete. Focus mm-hmm. on the process, second. Focus on the process, champion, four time champion. Focus on the process, gold medal. Focus on the process, bobsled team. Yeah. Right. And so when you look at, there's a cool story that's underlying with your team and Shane or your guys, you know, the proven fist, you know, the proven training system is an understanding. Like he has also developed as the top CrossFit coach along this process and you being his little Guinea pig, right. Yeah. Or a teammate. However you want to look at he that. Literally like to, to help me. So, you know, he obviously showed me CrossFit and then I, you know, got obsessed with it. And I said to him, like, hey, I need someone to help me. These fuckers over here aren't going to help me. They just want me to do, like, everyday classes, and that's not going to get me to do well in this next competition. You need to help me. And we literally YouTube Jason Kalipa. Uh, he was showing us how to do rope climb. We learned on YouTube, and then Shane started coaching me from there. And from then on, he was the only one that's programmed for me. We've definitely had guidance along the way. It's being open-minded and and humble, learning yeah. as we go. Like you have to learn. If you're not willing to learn from other people that have been in the space, then like, do you like you're not going to get very far. That's most people. Most people think they're too good to learn. You know, they don't want to fail. Like, dude, explain this to me. You want to do something great, okay? You step out, and I'm talking to you, listening. You, you decide I'm going to do X and X is something big. And you go out the first day and you fucking suck at it. And then most people right there, you know what they say? This ain't for me. Yeah. It's not for me. I can't do it. After one fucking day or two days, dude, what, what about this? Do you guys not realize this is fucking years and years and years of work every day to be great. And 
There is no $900 fucking dollar program that you could buy to skip that. It's just not going to happen. And you have to realize that these things that we talk about, this isn't the alternative way. It's the only way. It's the only way. So if you're not willing to do this, you should stop listening to the show. You should stop listening to all the fucking success people. Stop, stop torturing yourself with all this information and go be happy living a regular life. That's my advice for real. And there's nothing wrong with that. But you will torture yourself your whole entire life looking for a path that doesn't require blood, sweat, commitment, pain. If you want the payoff, it's just you will torture yourself. I don't know another way, man. Well, I don't think there there are any other ways. There That's isn't the another way, dude. There's no secret button. No. There's, there's no, uh, like, secret equation, nothing. I mean, you could use the first form protein shakes, but I'll just yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, but, yeah. Did we not tell? Yeah, that yeah. No, but I think it's important because I, I like, you know, it's funny because O'Keefe. Is I in had to camp. throw that shit in there. Come yeah, on. we don't plug Why it often. Yeah. But o- O'Keefe, you know, he's in your camp as well. And I remember, I remember the first time, you know, I was talking and he's like, you're going to really like Tia and Shane, you know, and in my brain, you know, we've had a lot of arrogance come through our field uh, over the last, you know, five, 10 years. And, you know, and you're always kind of take that with a grain of salt. And I think, you know, going back to the focus on the process, but the humility inside that process and, and how Shane and you together have built a, a system or uh, a, a training system to win is just a reflection upon your guys's character. And I think that's what really like knowing you guys as people now because I understand the CrossFit space in in some regards from the standpoint of training, my training system's better, right? Or right. by my program, it's a cut, copy, paste. But to take a regular guy who's just going to go help his wife through this process mm-hmm. and the humility to be able to check down and get on YouTube and go to Jason Kalipa, who's now you know a friend of ours, a friend yeah. of yours, and now develop a process through humility and failure and trial and error and you know and making sure. And now you guys are at the top. I think that's a great piece to your guys' story because it's more than just you know, hey, Tia, Tia wins four-time, you know, champ, four-time CrossFit Games champ. I mean, Shane's built a hell of a business for himself in regards to, you know, you guys developing the best system. And I think, you know, watching, that's a two parallel careers and champions that are both going on at the same time, you know? And so the humility in meeting you guys on the, on the front side was was a great experience. And and I'm forever indebted to- Dude, O'Keefe it's two of the nicest humans I've ever met in my yeah. life. I remember you asked me, you said, well, what, what were they like? And I said, like us. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And we might not be the nicest humans of all time, but at least to us, we think that's a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, pre- no, I'm pretty I fucking nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Until I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I mean, for, for, for Shane especially, you know, like um, we'd been in a relationship prior to this whole CrossFit world and everything, and um, he'd always been so passionate about, you know, fitness gym, like he's always in the gym, you know, working, working out all, all the time. And so to be able to, um, like, and he had another job, you know, he had a full-time job. He was a fitter intern. I worked in the mines. Um, but you always could tell that, you know, his heart was somewhere else, right? He was doing that because that's what, you know, everyone told him to do. And it was going to be financially supportive. Like you, you work six six months of the year, you you get all these benefits, blah, 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 blah. But he never was satisfied, you know? There was just never that. And it wasn't until we were able to 
start, you know, training and, and, you know, getting on that process and starting to make a name for ourselves. I know a motivation for me was, hey, like, let's get into a position where we can, Shane doesn't have to work anymore and he can be there full time. And, you know, after many years of sacrificing so much, and I don't actually, I don't like the word sacrifice because I was willing to do this. Shane was willing to do that. You were invested. Yeah, we, yeah. There, there wasn't any sacrifices. Um, but like everyone's always asking, oh, what, what qualifications do you have? So, nothing. I just, I took it upon myself to learn, to evolve, to, to listen. Sounds like me. <laughs> and it's like, you know, yeah, he, he just, you know, put in the work essentially. And, uh, you know, this year, finally, like we, we like to keep our cards close, but this year, finally, um, and honestly, you guys had a huge, uh, influence on us, you know, uh, rebranding from, uh, more of like, you know, my, my personal training to, um, to proven our online program and actually getting it out there and helping other athletes, you know, but and the reason I bring that up is is not to plug the proven system, but because right. I, I've seen the part of the process too, and 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 I think it's important because I wanted you to tell that story, you know, because that story, what I thought was the first time I thought was amazing to hear it is like you wanted to put your family in a position so he didn't have to do what he did not want to do, so that he could go chase his dreams. And I think you know when you're listening as a young as a as a young person, whether you're an entrepreneur or wanting to be an entrepreneur, or you're a, a person climbing the ropes you know, give the audience a little bit of like why that was so important to to chase your dreams and to let him chase his dreams and to be a team in that sense so that he could be fulfilled, you know, and, and maybe he had to take a step back and chase something that was burning inside of him. But I think a lot of people never, they never chase that because they're afraid of not taking the comfortable route. Um, You know, it's it's an interesting one. So, like obviously there was certain things that we needed to put into place that allowed us to be where we are today, but we also had to align ourselves with the right people, you know, um, and one of them actually being uh, signing ourselves up and, and being a part of um, First Form and then also having, you know, mentors. Like I, I look at you guys as mentors and helping us be more courageous in decision-making. And one of the things that Shane um, has often said, and you guys just reiterated, and it was it was, it was was at a time in our life where we were like, you know what, fuck it. If we're going to go for it, I'd like to know that we made a, a choice to go for it and put, you know, everything into it and failed rather than just staying complacent and just not knowing or, or having the what-ifs you know, what if we took that chance? What if, you know, we did this instead of that? Would we have been here instead of actually just going out and doing it? There's a lot of peace that comes with that. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm okay not hitting where we want to go. Like if we don't get where we want to go or, okay, I can deal with that because I know that day in and day out that we're fucking doing everything that we can do within our abilities, both as a team the first form, but also individually, you know, like if you end up coming a little short and you did everything you could, what the fuck can you say about it? Well, I think this ties back into though, to be part of the beginning of the show of like, but we ain't coming up short. No. Yeah. I was going to say, when you said that, I said, well, you, you can retire, I guess. <laughs> we don't get there, but, 
My point being is like, you know, we said this in the beginning of the show about. No, I, listen, I'm not fucking softening up here, motherfucker. I'm just saying we were on the conversation and we were talking about life. And I said, hey, maybe I misspoke. Maybe I'd be. If really he's mad. getting too old over here, we got to get him some depends. You know what I mean? He's well, softening up in his older age. No, you know, not true. No, but I, I wanted to go back. Shit, I even forget where I was going to go. Brain fart. But, you know, and I think back to, um, I, I did forget where I was going to well, go. Well, have a thing, but just in terms of, like, it's okay to fail. Yeah. So, like, you know, that was one of the things that um, when, you know, we, we talk about, like, how, you know, Shane, he he wants to go out there and if he fails, it's okay. Like, at least he knows he gave it a shot. When I think about it with my training, you know, if I'm going for a back squat, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can get this. Fuck it. Like, just go for it. If you get it, great. You know you can get it. But if you don't, well, you know where you're you're capable of. And then the next time you go back squatting, I guarantee you'll get it. And it's just, it's it's the same thing in life, the same thing in um, business. Like, you will not know unless you try. And, you know, why not try? Like, who... Who else is going to do it for you? You have Not to do only it for that, yourself. What are we supposed to do? Right. Like, what are we supposed to do? Sit on the fucking couch and eat Tim Tim Tams? Oh, I mean, yeah. fuck, Tim Tams look pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but my point being is we, we uh, there's a podcast on this, What If, but I was talking about the batter's box. Like, most people, they don't have the balls to step in a batter's box and face a 90-mile-an-hour pitch. They just don't. But they have no problem judging. But I'd much rather go up there knowing what it looks like and Me swinging and missing a few times and at least saying, hey, man, that was fucking hard yeah. versus say how fast was, was it? It was fucking fast. <laughs> <laughs> but understanding like I have that experience and maybe that experience will help me transition to something else in life, but not having the courage because you're afraid to lose going back to the losing proposition. That's, that's weakness. Dude, that fear comes from irrelevant people. Like that's the thing. It's not a, it's not a quality that people have in their brain. It's that they don't know how to, they don't know how to distribute value across people's opinions. Right. So so the person on the Internet that they don't know who is, you know, dude, literally like for real in their fucking parents basement, you know, probably doing who knows what. Okay, they they value that same shit as much as their fucking parents. Yeah. Who. So, dude, you have to be able to assign value to people's opinions. Uh, This motherfucker who, who doesn't know shit about shit who doesn't have anything together going on. He's fucking fat, out of shape. His job clearly sucks. I could tell from looking at his page. Um, bro, you got nothing to say to me, bro. Like, it doesn't fucking, it doesn't fucking matter, right? Now, if I fucking hear from Ed Milet and Ed says, hey, Andy, um, you're fucking selling yourself short, bro, and you should be doing this, this, and guess what? I'm going to fucking listen to it. And so, dude, we have to understand if you want to stay sane, and not insane like me, okay? We have to understand that there's different values that we need to assign to people's opinions of us. And when you're just starting out, dude, your fucking friends from the old hood, uh, Tommy and Joey and fucking Susie, they don't fucking know anything. They're, they're just think it's weird that you're doing something that they're not doing. And dude, you guys let that pressure stop you from becoming something that is probably great. Dude, everybody that's in this place, this is why I'm so passionate about the success topic. Bro, all of us were born to be fucking great. And it's your obligation to be 
whatever it is that you are, be great at that because there's people looking at you saying, I, I like that person. Look at, look at that person. Look at, look at Steve. Steve's kicking ass. He's got his shit together. And while all the moment, all the time, Steve's thinking, well, I'm a piece of shit. You know, I'm just going to quit. Like, dude, you guys have people that look up to you. And when you don't fucking overcome your own insecurities and your inability to delineate value and distribute it properly because some fucking fat dumb fuck says some shit to you about your goals. Um, guys, do you understand that you're letting not just yourself down, but your kids down? They're fucking kids. You're, you're realigning the future of dozens of people that you are just not even thinking of. And if you thought about it like that, you might be a little more excited about what it is that you do. Because do I tell you one thing, dude, I don't have kids of my own, but your kids ain't ever going to see a motherfucking loser. They ain't going to see it. No, I got asked, I got asked, uh, yesterday I was, I was doing a, an interview with, with a guy and he asked, what was the best quality that you think you got from your parents? And I instantly responded the ability to compete because competing to me is like, I'm not afraid to compete. I understand like there's some fundamental things that I might not be better at, but I'm not afraid to fucking go play. And I'm really curious coming from the fittest female on earth arguably the fittest person on earth, right? We could have that conversation. Yeah, why not? Yeah, we could throw it out there. Compete with the boys. Yeah, absolutely. I I know. I watched, yeah, I watched a lot of (laughs) Palooza. But the single best quality that your parents gave you, what would it be? To be tough. Resilient? Yeah. Um, You know, I... Can you give us an example? Yeah. um, And that may sound simple, but if I'm not tough, then I'm not willing to work. And if I'm not willing to work, then nothing happens. And I think that the tougher I am, the more adversity I face. Can you define tough? Because I think some people digest tough a little different. Give, give me tough. Mentally tough, physically tough, emotionally um, tough, or just tough covering all three. For, for me, covering all three. You know, when, when, it's, when there's a cyclone outside and you're like, oh, no, you know, it's dangerous and I'm just going to get wet. And, and I'm going to get cold. Well, toughen up. You, you just get out there and, and go through that run. Like I, I remember um, I had cross country training back in school and we had a cyclone. I think it was like category three or four. And dad was in the car behind me, driving behind me while I was getting in my, my running training. And people were looking at me funny, but Dad's like, rain, hell, or shine, Tia. If you want to go out there and achieve something, you have to go out there and do it. That was the day that you won the fucking championship because <laughs> all your people that you compete with won't do that shit. Yeah. So that one or two or three days where it's going crazy, that's the edge. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah, dude, absolutely. I, and, you know, I like, know you know. I'm just... But it, yeah. it's just, it's, it's, it's comforting to reiterate, like, yeah, I'm, I'm not crazy. You know, yeah. like, people will 100% think I'm crazy, but that's still up for judgment. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever, I, I'm going to own it. But <laughs> I, I genuinely think that if you aren't tough, like mentally, physically, emotionally, and you'll grow, you'll learn to, to develop. And as long as you're open-minded and you're willing to, to actually evolve, but like physically tough, like, you know, if I get a scratch on my hand, well, too bad. Like, it's just a scratch. It's not going to kill me. You know, 
If I'm, if I've, I've got a headache, well, you know what? Competition day, you may have a headache. So just push through it. Like just little things like that. Just not finding the, like not looking at the excuses, pushing them aside and being like, I can't, I can't have those excuses standing in my way. I need to just keep charging through because I have, I'm on a mission. It's zero compromise. Zero. I am doing this and that's it. I think one of the best, one of the best quotes or best reminders of all the podcast guests we've had was Chad Wright. When they just remove failure off the table, like what else? What we got? Yeah. You know, I'm keep moving. Yeah. And I think, you know, about being tough when you start thinking about that emotionally, physically, spiritually, like it's like, listen, shit's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to fucking have to work in those times. Like there's not, it's not, I, and I think this is a struggle that happens with a lot, again, a young entrepreneur or somebody who's young. It's never ideal. You know, mm-hmm. it's never 80 and sunny and with low humidity, you're going to go for a run. It's always fucking 98 and hundred percent humidity or 12. I mean, that's the mental aspect about being tough is like understanding that like it's never perfect. You still right. got to go fight and you're still going to have to go fucking play. And that's life. I think life through failure and understanding that you have to learn to adapt in the most fucking different situations, but the resiliency to continue to go back out and play or go back out and achieve is where the difference between good and great exists. Right. You know, and, and the confidence exists because you're, you're okay. If you get in the game day and you got a headache, guess what? You've already trained no, in that situation. No You're good. Cares, yeah. It don't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. So um, we talk about, um, you know, wanting to be this incredible person and constantly trying to strive and achieve your goals, but you are who you surround yourself with. And if anyone wants an easy route, surround yourself with people that are going to be like-minded. You know, um, I've been in many situations where I've noticed that, wow, like I'm not surrounding myself with people that I want to be surrounded by. And hey, I'm not saying that they're bad people. I'm just saying they're weak. Yeah. And if I want to be tough, like I've been brought up, I need to make sure I'm surrounded by the tough people. So when it comes to game day and when it comes to leading into the games, my mom and dad, they're not there to be my mom and dad. They're there to make sure that I am not you know, making excuses or anything like that. They're telling me I have to get up early. I have to go out there, do those 12-hour days in the gym and then come back, recover and repeat it, you know. And they're not my friends. Shane, Shane's my husband. He's my coach. He's been doing this with me since day one. But he is my hardest critic. And, you know, that's well, actually, he loves you. I, I am my hardest you know, critic to be fair. Know, that's yeah. how you know he loves you, dude. But, yeah. Yeah. He... And he will be the first to tell me how wrong I am or how soft I am. And, you know, it happened in Korea. Uh, just, I just wasn't, you know, doing what I should be doing. And, you know, he had to pull me up and be like, this is this is not what we're, we've, you know, built and worked to, to strive for, Tia. We expect more. That's awesome. And some people may look at that as being like, oh, that's harsh or, you know, oh, he's not, you know, he, he's a harsh husband or, or coach or whatever, but he knows what I want yeah. and he knows how unsatisfied I'll be if I don't achieve it. And so he's going to have to, like, he sometimes is the one that has to, you know, tell me to pull my head in. Yeah. Well, That's I mean, awesome, he, we, I talked to him a little bit about that yesterday. He's like, I'm not, we're not here to participate. Like we're either here to win or we're going to go home, you know, but you got to make the choice. Right. But I think that bleeds over into a great relationship and understanding like who you surround yourself with is extremely important because, Absolutely. you know, I'll take my wife, for example, like she's the first person didn't tolerate my shit. 
<laughs> guess what? <laughs> I really like that because even in the dark times now, like if I have a bad day or, if, hey, listen, it's a little harder than I thought. Well, that's what you signed up for. You know that. You know, that voice of reason that everybody else will kind of comfort it. Mm -hmm. You need somebody that'll put your ass in check and say, right. hey, and like, you need them close. Yeah. yeah. And you got to know, like, when you're struggling, hey, listen, like, I need that advice. Yeah. Like, I don't need the fucking pat on the ass. I need you to, like, hey, let me know where I stand here. Right. Toughen you up a little bit. Yeah. Tough Rub love. some dirt in it and just Dude, that, that was, like, my favorite point of the show that you just made. Like, that Shane does that. That's fucking awesome. Like, more... Dude, I struggle so much with people who, you know, hit, hit up the, you know, email or whatever. And they send in questions and they want to know this or that or this. And they, they always complain about when people they're like, Oh, well, so they told me this and that. And it's like, bro, it sounds like they're trying to coach you, like push you. Like it's not just because someone says, Hey, get the fuck off the floor and get to work. Doesn't mean they don't care. It means they fucking care. I had a conversation. Yeah. We were talking about it on the way in. I had with one of our employees today and I had to have a tough love conversation. It's not that I don't like you. It's that I expect more out of you than you expect out of yourself. And I'm going to fucking hold you to that standard. Right. If I don't hold you to the yeah, standard. Yeah, and in that, 10 years, that motherfucker be coming back to you being like, dude. That's right. Thank you. And I told him, I said, listen, yeah. I've never failed yeah. you to this point. Everything that we have promised you has delivered. Yeah, I'm asking you to get better. I'm not asking you to fuck. I'm not asking for anything other than you to give me what we've given you. Yeah. You got to compete. And if you won't compete, I'll find somebody who will. And that's right. it. That's the truth. And that's a hard conversation. And people might hear that. You know, because they went through their sensitivity training today, you know, at, at work. <laughs> but that's not sensitivity training is not going to get you better. No, not only that, bro. Like, dude, that this is where temporary winning comes into place. Right. Like people see, get too soft. That's right. We see this shit where and I'm not talking about that situation. I'm talking yeah. in general. We see this shit. Right. Like we work hard, work hard, we work hard, get a result. And then. Oh, we're done with the work. Why stop there? Yeah. Like, dude, I, I can always tell. I just talked about this on, on the show I did with Omar about 75 Hard last episode. You can always tell who the fuck did it by what they're going to do at the end. Because at the end, there's two kinds of people. There's people that are like, fuck, I don't know what to do. Like, this is, I'm fucking having anxiety about an ending because this is so great. And I've developed so much and I've built so much confidence and I got so much. I don't want to stop. Well, guess what, motherfucker? Don't. That's the point. And then you got the other people. I can't wait to get done with my day at 75 and have a fucking cake and some chicken wings and this and that. You didn't do it, bro. You didn't do it because if you really did it, you wouldn't even want that shit anymore. Right. You'd want to keep going the right direction. It's like, why stop it? Great. Right. And we can be unstoppable. That's right. And so this is where, this is where, man, that's fucking good. That, that, was, that, a great, that was a yeah. great quote. <laughs> so, so dude, the, uh, the, the temporary winning is, this is why you see so many people achieve a certain level of life or success and then fall off. Like, dude, you know, your, your homie from high school or college, whatever, you know, he's got it together. He's rocking and rolling. He's kicking ass. And then you don't hear from him two years. And then two years you found out he lost his business. He lost his wife. He lost his fucking house. He lost his cars. He lost everything. Well, the reason this, that this happens to people guys is because you haven't come to terms with the fact that you have to do this work for your whole life. If you could just accept that, like just accept it, dude. It's the biggest thing that you could do for yourself right now. Just swallow the fucking pill that lets you know I am going to have to work like a fucking dog every single day of my life and just accept it. And then once you accept it, it's no longer this thing where it's like, um, oh, you know, I won the state title in 1987, scored 17 touchdowns. And dude, nobody likes that shit. Like it doesn't mean anything to anybody. Nobody gives a fuck but you. It's what have you, what are you doing now? 
What are you doing now? Yeah, and I think there's an, there's an understanding there, right? Like, you still don't have to love the work. You just have to understand it's part of the process. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Dude. Yeah, like, but, I, I got to do it today regardless. But, dude, that work, that hard-ass work day in and day out is what builds the things that you need to be happy. Right. People don't assume, they don't correlate hard work and happiness and discipline and happiness. And what I've experienced, both personally and from talking to many different you know, I've been blessed, dude. I get to talk to some of the highest achieving people in their in their area in the world all the time. They're my friends now. Dude, it's 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 they're not happy unless they're disciplined. It's just the way it is. And the re, what you're searching for right now, you're sitting there and you're like, fuck, you know, I don't something's missing, something's missing, something's missing. Dude, I'm telling you, it's discipline in your fucking daily routine. That's what it is. You're not doing the work to believe in yourself so that when you look in the mirror, you say, I'm fucking proud of you. That's what's missing. And that comes from your daily disciplines and investments, AKA sacrifices. Average people call it sacrifices. Driven people call it an investment. The investments you make in yourself to believe in yourself. Like, and that's why I have this problem with all this shit and culture right now. You know, oh, you're special. Your, Your worth is so high. Your worth is this. No, motherfucker, your worth is your worth. It's your worth, okay? What it's it, You cannot talk yourself into feeling good about yourself. The amount of people have told me it's genetics. Yeah, I'm dude. I'm like, fuck genetics. Yeah, fuck yeah. genetics. <laughs> well, I watched I mean, you t- I love my mom and dad, but I don't think it's genetics. <laughs> dude, I watched you train for like fucking seven hours. I, I, I was training in the gym. I said this to you yesterday. I was training in the gym. I got done with my training. I did like 10 fucking meetings. I come into Sal's office. I look out and guess who's still in the fucking gym from when I was in there? You and Shane. And I fucking said, dude, they're still in the gym. And he's like, yeah, bro, that's every day. I'm like, holy fuck. Like, job. yeah, dude, it's awesome. It was awesome. I was blown away, like in a good way. I was like, yeah, dude, that's awesome. Well, it makes sense, right? Yeah. The does. equation adds up. Yeah. And I, I, I want to. And I'm not trying to wrap the show up, but I'm. I, I, we do got to wrap the show. Yeah, I do want to get to a point. You said earlier, it's not the end all be all for Tia. Mm-hmm. And I put a little note here because I think it's important. Like, what is the end all be all? Like, Tia's 28, right? 28 uh, years yeah. old. Yep. Yep. What's the end all be all? What's, um, what's Tia's fucking legacy? rule the world, man? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think for, for me, it, it definitely comes down to family. And, and, you know, surrounding myself with good people and people that have, you know, shown me guidance and and time and and love essentially, and giving back to them. And by doing that, it, it may be in different little things. You know, like um, whether whether I compete for another ten years or whether I retire tomorrow, whatever it is, I'm always going to put my best foot forward. You know, and I think that for me. I don't want to be defined by CrossFit, you know. I'm I have values that I stand by and I implement into everything, whether it's my athletic career, whether it's my business career, my fit being a family, you know, friends, whatever. And uh, I always just want to be known and you know left the room when people think, well, wow, you know, I I, w- I want to be around her more, or you know. She, she knows what she's doing. And for me, I think that like, it's hard because like, I think that I'm going to evolve 
all the time. And like, I'm so open-minded to being more than what I am today, but um, I'm definitely not just an athlete and I'm someone that like just wants to go out there and try, try and, you know, put in the work and, and give it absolutely everything I got. And whatever that may be, who knows? Like right now I'm focused on on my athletic career and building my business, but I know that's not just going to be it. One day it will be a family and, you know, I want to be the best mom out there, you know. Um, and I know that because Shane and I have been in a relationship for a very long time, I I genuinely thought I had like six kids by now. <laughs> but, um, you know, that that's definitely been a motivation through – my whole career, you know, setting up a a solid baseline so that when it came to having kids, like I had a platform for them to do whatever they wanted, but as long as they worked hard for it. That's right. I don't think there's anything, and I mean this with a thousand percent of my being, I don't think there's any single thing that you could want to do that you couldn't do. Like for real. Like, and I know that's, well, people, just from what I know, and and by the way, you're already doing that. Like what you said about coming, being around people and they walk away and say, man, I'd like to be around that person more. Like, dude, that's, that's exactly what you put out. I mean, it's, I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, like when I saw you guys here the other day on Sunday, um, I thought you were still in Korea. I was like, fuck, I'm glad they're here. Like, this is awesome. You know what I'm saying? And it, it, because, dude, it's it's motivating to be around people that think and work and follow through on those values. It's just, and it, there's a lot of people that say they're like that, right? Like, oh, I'm like that. But it, you know, you know. Yeah. You know? I, yeah. I, I was sad whenever I heard you were moving to Nashville because I knew St. Louis was possibly on the radar. And I thought, man, because it's inspiring to watch Nashville's you guys work cool, every though. day. Nah, yeah, Nashville's a great city. Yeah. But, you know, to, to have people around, you talk about who you surround yourself with. That constant reminder, specifically like for my office, to look out there and be like, all right. Yeah. She, she she's working for nine hours a day. I can work for nine hours a yeah. day today. You know, I can, what I, mean? go that, get my, I can go get my extra hour in. And that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but that yeah. but that teamwork, right? Because I mean, that's how it is at the end of the day. And and I know we're extremely proud to have you as a part of our team. And so that, you know, to to say that people speak highly about you and Shane when you guys are are not around is an understatement. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's the part, you know. It's a feeling though, dude. Yeah. Like you can feel when you're around, like when you walk in, there's a presence that you have, both of you, that's, that's a high achieving, driven, positive presence. Honestly, dude, like it, it makes sense you're here, like to be honest, like it's, it's everything that I hope our people are, you're already. So it's, it's really fucking cool. Well, Feelings mutual, yeah. guys. You know, <laughs> we're, we're getting, putting our emotions out there. Yeah. I know Shane and I, we definitely, like I've said it before um, earlier in the podcast, but like Shane and I literally left here thinking like, oh, shit's going to get real now. <laughs> and like we genuinely were just so hyped. Like no one, so Jason Kaliper, he like, he like surprised me in our first interaction and like started asking me a lot of questions that started making me question like my life. And I was like, whoa, okay, I like this, you know. Like, yeah, no, yeah. no one does this to me. First, and Andy, you weren't actually here when I first met Sal and came and visited the the whole um, team. But um, like our first interaction with Sal, it was like, whoa, mind blown. Like 
we need to do more shit with our life. And like that was just like the beginning of, okay, we want to be more around. And the only reason we're actually not staying here in St. Louis is because, um, so this is the first year that Shane and I are actually opening up our doors essentially. And we're, I've come so sick and tired of watching great athletes. Well, good athletes. They're good right now. Good athletes just get the scraps from coaches, from training partners, just from other people. They're just taking advantage of their brand. And I'm, I'm confident enough in myself that I can actually do this by myself and I don't need Shane, you know, holding my hand essentially. Like he, last year at the CrossFit Games, was the first time where I I didn't even need to call him. I called him because I was like, you know what? Like, I'm just reassuring you, Shane, that you've set me up to, that so much that I know what I need to do. And that's like a, you know, five-year process, right? Six-year process. But um, I feel more confident now knowing that I can let Shane go and help other athletes become the best version of themselves while I still get to execute mine and make sure I beat them, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the reason we're going down to Nashville is because we have four other athletes that are based down in Nashville that, you know, Shane needs to be a little bit more hands-on. And I'm willing to take that sacrifice even though I know where I want, where my heart wants to be um, because that's, it, it. again, it's not a sacrifice, but it's it's what I'm willing to do because I can see the importance of it and, you know, whether we're there for just the open period, whatever, at least we're going to be there for, you know, giving back and, and them and and allowing them to actually truly reach their full potential because right now they're not reaching anything near it and that's not fair on them. Well, well we'd love to wel- have you. Yeah, they're welcome to come visit anytime. You just take a field trip. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, five-hour yeah. chip shot. Yeah. You bring them up, you can show them your You guys like Nashville, though. Nashville's- one of them up. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's Nashville, right. Nashville's good people, man. Yeah. That's one of my favorite places to visit. I could live there. Yeah, I, I love the people there. They're, it's I think you guys will really like it. Yeah, no, I, I hope we do too. Yeah. But you got to bring think- them up and show them your, you know, the home court. Yeah, I know, you know right? What I mean? <laughs> show them around. Well, we appreciate you being on the show. No, nah, thanks for having yeah, me. Yeah, thank appreciate you so much. It, guys. We definitely need to do that again. This has been fun, like oh, super man. fun. It's it's yeah. prime time because it's the start yeah. of the season, and I've I've just got a whole lot of motivation yeah. <laughs> to just get after it now. Hey, well, next time you're up, we'll hit another one. That was that was cool. Guys, um, just a wrap. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Uh, hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, um, please share it. You know, give us a little share, a little, a little love out there. You know, when friends ask you uh, why you're kicking so much ass, make sure you tell them where you're listening. All right, guys. Love you guys. We'll see you next time. Hey, told my teacher, dumb bitch, I'm going to get million.